This is Azalea Podcast. It's your boy Titus, and we got Nigel in the building. Nigel. What's good? What's good? What's goody? How you feeling, man? All is well, man. Good. I'm good, man. I'm good, man. All is well on my end as well. You know, taking it one day at a time, one hour at a time, as I say, under certain circumstances. But, you know, to God be the glory, man. How's how's your week been, man? It's been pretty smooth, man. It's been Mm -hmm. pretty smooth. I'm actually in the process of moving. That's really? what I was doing all day, just moving, man. Oh, it's that season. It's that yeah. season, huh? Where, where you moving to? Man, I'm looking to move into a crib. Like, mm. right now, I'm just chilling in between apartments, but I'm, I'm tired of keep paying all this rent, bro. I got Homeowner time? Yeah, bro. I got to pay a mortgage or something. I feel you. I feel you. I mean, that us, us as, you know... Now, no matter the race, but like people in general, I think you get to a point as you get older, you're like, man, like this ain't adding up. Like we were just talking about where I used to stay in Commonwealth, and like it was a time when at that time when I was staying over there, I was paying like you know five hundred a month. That was great. But as as time moved out from 2012, and you know as that area progressed and got you know regentrified and regentrified, it went from five to seven to nine. When I left there, it was going on the peak of a thousand. It was nine fifty a month. I was like, I'm out of here. I'm going to the outskirts somewhere, right. and, I, and I'm gonna own something to where like I can pass that down. Because like, what's the use of doing this to where I can pay? I probably pay a mortgage, mortgage, a monthly mortgage for the same amount. And so I yeah, feel you. you know? Same amount, more space, mm-hmm. and you own it. Like, yeah, less quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, you can Airbnb it, rent it out. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a better decision. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. All I mean, that's that's not even just what, um, you know, being a homeowner, but just it, it makes me think of just like ownership in general. You know, when you think about you being, you wear a lot of different hats out here, man. I I, yeah, I yeah. told someone I was interviewing you. I can't remember who it was, but it was a couple of days ago, and he he brought you up as the rapper. I don't know how how long ago it has been since this guy's talked to you. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I was like, yeah, he be like, he's engineering and like he he be producing, be doing his thing. Right, right, right. And he was like, I know a Nigel, but like, does it, did he rap at first? And yeah. I was like, yeah, like he just came out. You had you came out with the project, so of course you'd be doing your thing with that. For sure. But I was formally introduced to you as the dude behind the scenes. Right, right. And right. so I met you at a time where like, right in that mist, you were like, I'm about to bring this project out though, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so, like, it made me with the combination of thinking about the project that you released, which was a well put together project. Appreciate and it. then um, what homie had said, I was like, I want to know his backstory. Like, when did that start? Like, what like how did you evolve musically? Did the writing come first or, you know, did it was it like the ear for the music and then everything filled itself in? Man, I was rapping ever since I was like eight, mm. real little. But um. I would even rap in middle school. I went to Bradley Middle School. Okay. I rapped in high school, went to Mallet Creek. And I was part of a collective. Mustangs out there. Them Stangs. Yeah. Oh, the, nah, nah, the, the oh, Mallet Creek. So I'm thinking of um what Myers, Myers Park. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, that's definitely that's my age right there. <laughs> my bro went to Myers Park though. My bro went there, mm-hmm. but man, we had a group. That's a horse too though, ain't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, that's crazy. Small world. I, I didn't even Maverick. think of that. Yep. Both horses. Mm-hmm. Maverick's faster though. Maverick's is better. Yeah, I, I give you that. Yeah. <laughs> y'all, y'all been stumping on some stuff since y'all been out. Like y'all have, yeah, some, yeah, yeah. Y'all got some good. Yeah, y'all got all those kids from like that area. Like, cause mm-hmm. it used to be like Vance, and so like y'all football team, y'all been solid. Yeah, my nephew graduated from there, and so like I, I kept track of him for sure. Yeah, 
Bro, I played on the football team. That's what's up. The best one. We had Marquise, DJ Humphreys. Mm. Uh, what year was this? This was 2011, 2010. Okay, yeah, yeah. he graduated last year. Yeah, yeah. He a young buck. Yeah. They still they still been good though. They still been good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's he fell off tune for it. He fell off tune with it and started doing this like when it comes to like um, you know, making content and rap, rapping himself like. So he kind of he left like his he decided his junior year, he didn't want to do anything athletic no more because, like, he started off football and then he was a really good wrestler out there as well. Mm. But uh, decided, you know, music kept calling him, so he just took. He's been taking that a lot more serious. So, so, um, but even at that time, I say that to say his squad, his team, they had guys was solid out there. They had some good, still had some good coaches out there. I respect. Yeah, so. yeah, Mallet Creek, Mallet Creek Five. Mm-hmm. But that's the same thing I did, like. My junior year, I just stopped playing football, started rapping. Mm-hmm. And when I graduated, all I wanted to do was rap. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was me. We had a group collective called Sky U, uh, Third Eye Awake. Mm-hmm. And we performed at the bodegas. We performed at South End, like everything. Yeah. So when I graduated high school, I uh, wanted to go to a It was the only school I applied for. Did not get accepted, bro. I mm-hmm. had, like, horrible GPA. Mm. But um, my homie told me about a school in Atlanta. It was an audio engineering school mm. called SAE. Mm. So me, uh, Miles Harris, Brio, uh, Kirk Collins. I think you probably know Kirk Collins. He was with Makeda. Mm-hmm. We uh, we all moved to Atlanta, went to audio engineering school. And <clears throat> I really went to teach myself how to record myself because mm. I was like, it's expensive to pay yeah. 20 an hour, 30 hours. So. I just wanted to record myself, and then shit just was in the. I got consumed by the studio music industry, mm. and just was in the field, just engineering in Atlanta, just working at studios, just yeah. learning from like the best of the best. Yeah, Broke it's, just, his, it's a lot of top notch ones down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I got to work with a lot of people, and I was just broke as hell, just grinding you know what i'm saying but mm-hmm. after some years i felt like man i'm masterful at engineering it was like 2019 this was three years ago mm-hmm. and i was just like man i think with everything i learned i could come back to charlotte and just try to help as much as i can and build something genuine and build something real with artists in charlotte the same way i would in atlanta yeah so i came back here and i had my apollo twin and just would pull up on people and record mm. and um i met kevin mcclowski he the owner of safe and sound he had another studio back then it was on Beatty's ford i would record artists out of there for a while and then covid happened the studio shut down yeah um i relinked with james he or jazz he owned titan studio mm. started working out of there and Shit, like you said, time fly. You know what I'm saying? Before mm. you know it, like, shit, I'm the engineer. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Everybody know me. <laughs> you looking like, around like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's all I do. Like, that's what pay my bills. That's what, that's how I feed myself. So, yeah. And I'm really good at it. You know what I'm saying? I take my craft serious. So, mm. people look at me as an engineer. But for the past three years, I've been like, man, let me put myself back out there as an artist. Like, because mm. that's what I really love. That's what I really started 
to do this for. You know what I'm saying? You could mm. do something and start to fall out of love with it because it's so business, so like yeah. money yeah. and the the joy or the creative of what you really started to do it for goes away. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So like for the past three years, I've just been dropping a lot of music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's been beautiful, bro. It's been beautiful to see. It's even dope doper hearing your story because it's like here you are now i feel like it's a full circle moment in the sense of like when you drop this body of work like how you have you know your ear is more enhanced like your your skill set is more enhanced not just like what you're doing in like writing but being that engineer as well having that different like you you in that breed to where you can really judge your own stuff in the sense of like not just how you sound with your lyrics but like yo turn that up turn that like you can really do it yourself and so that i feel like is even more doper because you really can be like no i want it to sound like this and really like put in like a lot of people can't do that. They have to like try to like talk to those. That's why that chemistry between like an artist and an engineer is so vital. Yeah. Um, because like you're if you don't know how to do it yourself, like you're really like trying to paint this picture for them. And so right. like that's that's really dope that you're able to do that. And I'm I'm pretty sure you got a camp where it's like you're still getting other guys, you know, advice and like, you know, like, hey man, what you think about this or how you think about it? Most who definitely. who do you like and 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 even making the project that you recently had released? Um, who who is part of your team that you trust their ear to be like, you know what, like, listen to this for me, bro. And you think you want to tweet, you know, do yeah, that for me. Man, I let all the homies hear my music. Like Okay. Every everybody, you know, I like to get everybody's opinion. Like mm-hmm. even people who don't make music, I'll just play them what I'm working on. Like, yo, what you think about this? Yeah. It could be anybody, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah. when it comes to the technical side of things, like I'm a real hands-on person. I like to learn by really doing it. Mm-hmm. But, man, like Jazz, Kevin McCloudski, or anybody that I have respect as an engineer, if I have a problem or just something that I can't figure out, I always call them, and they probably know how to get past the, the situation. You know what I'm saying? Word. Yeah, for sure. That's what's up. Now, you're the first, I want to say... Cause I had I had feels on, um, a while back, but I still didn't really get into the engineering pa- a- aspect of it. Um, feels is hard. Too. Yeah, feels is hard feels when it comes to hard. like deep, a lot of stuff, DJing, producing. But explain to my audience because like I I of course know it and did research on it from my past. Um, but explain to the audience like what exactly is the engineer? How how important? Because you're starting to see that now. Um, now with social media and now with cats like giving their engineers props, especially here in the South, you know, like I feel like it was like a hidden, like known but unknown thing that like it's it's a guy that's really like in the lab doing all these things. Yeah, and yeah. like you're starting to see a lot of more credibility when it comes to like kind of like with the producer side as well. We knew the producers, but like you start getting producer tags, you like you really start to got that it really exploded letting people know these are the producers and so like explain for the audience like what exactly is the task of an engineer well the main task of the engineer is it's three different kind of engineers Mm. you got the recording engineer you got the mixing engineer and you got the mastering engineer Mm. the recording engineer is the person that's in the studio with the artist um tracking the artist which is just recording their vocals or 
if it's um, a producer, they making sure that <clears throat> they record the instruments, the guitars, the pianos, and they just making sure everything is captured in a digital format now on computers, mainly Pro Tools. A mixing engineer is the person that takes everything that's recorded and just makes sure it sonically fits and sounds good to the consumer or listener. Mm. You know, you're EQing and you're compressing different frequencies just so a voice can sound good with the bass or the piano can sound good with the the horns. Just mm -hmm. So everything is smooth. And the mastering process is pretty much making sure everything is as loud as it needs to be to compete with other music. Mm. You don't really mm. want to be listening to a Kendrick Lamar song and you go to another song and the volumes are way different. Mm -hmm. Or <clears throat> some people might want to do that. They mm. might want to have their mastering a little bit lower so you can hear more of the quality of the music. But it all depends. Yeah, it depends on the person. Um, Travis Scott's like that. Sometimes he'll over he'll over exaggerate his stuff purposely yeah. to to get it like that. <clears throat> Travis Scott music is loud, mm -hmm. loud, loud. <laughs> <laughs> that mm -hmm. shit's loud. Mm -hmm. And it'll come almost to a point to where like like he got. I think the last album he came out with. What was it? Was it Astro Astro World? That was the last yeah, album. Astro World. Um, he got a lot of critique. Um, engineering wise from like people was like yo man that's too like why did he fix those levels yeah. i'm like he knows what you don't think he did that purposely bro like right. you don't you know how many like how you just how you just explain the breakdown mm -hmm. and then this is travis scott here we talking about right right like you don't think he purposely did that like yeah. <laughs> some people be like yo what 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 are y'all doing? It's just like, bro, he did that. Some people like it like that. He meant for that to draw you, get your attention like that. Yeah. You know? Travis Scott engineer is Mike Dean. A legend. You know Mike Dean? Yeah, he a yeah. legend. Freaking legend. And I think like a lot with his music, they are trying to recreate that 3-6 Mafia underground yeah. sound. Because Mike Dean used to engineer for them too. Like yeah. Juicy J. Legend, Pac, all them cats. Yeah. Here. And that music was just loud as fuck. Heavy reverbs, echoes. Uh, mm -hmm. They try to capture that same Memphis, Houston. Yeah, type of sound. he's meshed both of those together well. You know, for sure, that, because both of those are distinctive type of sounds that he tries to cater to. You know, Houston is a totally different sound from Memphis. Um, but they have a lot of ties, like yeah, mm -hmm. culturally cousins in mm -hmm. a sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it makes sense. It makes sense what he does, and then to have Mac, um, Mike Dean, like a pot. Yeah, I can consider him a pioneer because he's been in the game for a dumb long time. Have Mike Dean doing stuff right. for him, you can't lose, bro. You know, you can't lose. That's engineer is so key, bro. Engineer is so yeah. key. Look at um, even even cats like, you know, I tell even with my boy KB here, like he what he does behind the scenes. Um, I always use the comparison like you know Drake would be nothing without Forty. You know, in a sense, because it's like, Fact. and I think he would admit to that because, like, I remember watching the old documentaries of Drake, like, even before like turning in the album of like Take Care, like, Forty is listening to it, like, engineering like the last seconds before they actually turn it in and like yeah. mastering it, and, and like he's you sometimes you have those all in ones, like he's right. doing, he can mix it, he can he can he does audio engineering and mixing it, he's mastering it, he's he's doing the last seconds of that before turning it into the album, and so yeah. it's like when you get an all three in one type of guy, like yeah, 
I like 40. I think he did it right. Like, because nowadays, engineers, they are like producers. Mm. You know, back in the day, you had Timberland, you had Pharrell, and they would come in the studio and be like, hey, maybe you should, Jay-Z, say it like this. Or they mm. really producing a record, but a lot of times engineers are doing that now. They mm. don't. The producers are not there. They just downloaded a beat from YouTube, and the engineer is the one that's kind of making suggestions or making sure the vocal performance is as good as it needs to be. So, like, 40, he's smart. Like, he probably seen that. He like, right, I'm going to produce, too. Like, I'm going to mm. make beats for Drake. You know mm. what I'm saying? Because, like, that's another thing with me. Like, I really want to pivot myself from an engineer to mainly just producing. Mm-hmm. Because, man, engineers... They don't, they don't, they get credits, but they don't really get royalties. They don't really get no points on the records, mm. but they might have helped arrange the record. They might've put a drop in there. They might've did something yeah. that really was a production type of thing, but you don't get paid on the back end at all. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But, Interesting. So that's why like a lot of engineers, you don't see them get to that next level, that 40 level or that Ali level. Cause mm. Shit, they just getting that hourly pay or sometimes they contractual or they work for a label. Yeah. Um, but a lot of these engineers, they need like production credits, you know what I'm saying? They should be I agree. Should be able to do that. Yeah, I, I agree. I didn't know that. So that's something that you, you know you learn something new every day. Like, um, I definitely agree that they should get more credit when it comes to because now even like we talked about the last time where I was in um, not the 2012 time with the dude out there in the sticks, um, but the 2016 time when I did that, um, I wasn't I wasn't around the guy who produced the stuff. Like right, I was right, right. the person that was like doing it was the engineer, like who was right. giving me advice and like, yo, say it like this. And like, actually, it was like Slim Hood. Like I don't know if you Slim, know Slim, Slim, Slim Hood. Hood. He's another bro. example. Like he can. I went to high school with him. He can produce engineer like yeah. he, he can yeah. he's a all-in-one as well to where like he didn't produce none of the tracks that i did but like mm. because of like just his skill set like he was producing me in a sense like he was the engineer like right, right, right. so and think about like back in the day that was what quincy jones would do yeah quincy jones not playing the instrument he just making sure michael jackson get that perfect take but since everything is digital now, everything is shit. You can have a transportable studio. Mm-hmm. It's the producer don't really gotta be there. So, but I think it's all about how you um, introduce yourself or how you move in the music industry. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. the benefit of engineers, they get paid up front. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good benefit. Yeah, that's the good <laughs> benefit. But producers sometimes they won't get paid. Sometimes they gotta book the studio session sometimes they probably gotta pull up to another studio session and they still not getting paid they might gotta give the artist a beat or really try to construct something mm. but they get the credit they get the royalty so on the back end it works out in the yeah, back end it works out they always had that back end to rely on yep yep that's what's up that's what's up the things you learn you giving me the you giving me the inside scoop of just stuff like because you you know the history of like the producer I do anyway in the sense of like you know dealing with like royalties but like the engineer thing that you just put me on like I didn't know that I didn't know that because like especially in the time frame where it's like I feel like you're starting to get 
more and and maybe I mean we're talking this up. You know, this is this is the time when you know like you're having the interviews like with you, and then like the bigger scale interviews, you you see like the mixed Ali's having these interviews now yeah. to where it's like I think it's the same in a sense what how the producers were. You know, like it, mm-hmm. the producers were like that at a time where it was like Facts. they were kind of under you just seen like. The, uh, aside from Quincy Jones, like mm-hmm. you didn't know what a, who a lot of these cats were that were producing for these cats that was with Motown and and all that. Right, right. It's like you didn't learn that till later on, and then they started getting more credit and they having their just due. And so maybe this is the renaissance for the engineer as well, where you get these engineers that can do all different things and are getting these interviews to where they're able to expose it more to where you know hopefully they get it on both sides as well down the line. You know? Yeah. I think I think it might be that you know what I'm saying I actually went to LA and took um, Mixed by Ali. He does like a master class mm. where you get to sit down with him for eight hours. And um, when I went, he pulled up Roddy Rich's The Box and just showed us everything that he did to mix it, like mm. from just everything. You and really broke it down. And he also told his story, you know, with TDE and how they did everything they did and. One thing with him is he brand himself. You know what I'm saying? He got his company. Like, I think if an engineer or even a producer want to get to that next level, want to really make a living off of it, they got to brand themselves. Mm. They yeah. have to. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Or I- it's, it's some engineers that they work is just good too, though. They it's just word of mouth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They want to be low key. Like, it all depends. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a fact. You see that with I mean, bringing up the South again, like I'm probably biased because I'm from here. But, you know, I think that's how like that run when it comes to like why Atlanta is so successful in a sense, because it's like and, and we're starting you're starting to catch on like us when I say I'm talking to us, I'm talking Charlotte, the city of Charlotte, like things that Atlanta has been doing. I feel like we're finally in the midst of doing where like. Where we're collabing with each other, like we're we're giving each other, like yo, you should mess with Nigel, you should mm-hmm. mess with homie right here, you should mess with Jay Lace, you like let's collab all this stuff to where like, cause it was that it was like that, and and some of those those engineers, like even the dude that passed away, that was very like heavy with like Future, like they were just working, like they were yeah. working to the point to where like. He would want to work with Thug. Like, Thug would want to, like, yo, who who engineered Future's last stuff? Or, like, who right. interviews this? And so, like, like you said, if they're not working for a label, like, a lot of these guys were just hopping in studios and working to the point where their quality was so good. When the mainstream artists came in, like, they wanted to work with them. And right. so it could be the same for Charlotte, I feel like. I see that as well, where it's, like, because there's so many talented cats, not just in front of the um, not just in front of the microphone, but behind the scenes. Like, well, you're you're rare because you're doing both. Like, but <laughs> but it's a lot of cats that's engineering that are very dope that yeah. I feel like will be a part of that new renaissance as well. Yeah, man. And I want to actually help with that. Like, I've held a couple of master classes where you know I introduce some audio engineering techniques to people. Um, I held one at Be Social, but I got something in the works where I'm trying to work with some kids some middle school kids mm. and teach them about them engineering young. yeah because the the only difference between charlotte and atlanta is how many people are doing it you know what i'm saying like i'm a really good engineer it's a bunch of really good engineers in charlotte i say probably like 10 10 professional top quality atlanta level engineers in charlotte mm. 
But in Atlanta, it's a thousand of them people. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a lot because mm-hmm. it's it's schools there. That's Ten teaching. name name five. Name five. Name five. You got Jazz. You mm-hmm. got Kevin McCloskey. Not got, including yourself. Like okay, <laughs> not, not including myself. Yeah. You got Jazz. Kevin McCloskey. You got Danny Hurley. You got Wes. You got uh, Lay. That's my boy. He work at Audio Box. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You got uh And I'm not and I'm saying I'm not saying that in the sense that they're not here in Charlotte. I just wanted to give them love, like shout outs because oh, oh. like a lot of cast on. Oh for yeah. sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. You got Ed Music. Mm-hmm. This is an engineer that lives in Charlotte. Platinum, platinum on platinum engineer, like mm-hmm. um it's a it's a it's a lot of dope engineers. You yeah. know what I'm saying? D Chiz, Chiz is five. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got Trey, like <laughs> it's a lot of dope engineers, like Word, word. Yeah, I know that. I mean, I wanted them to get that shout out as well because we got like up and coming artists listening and everything like that. And they may not know the route to go. You know, a lot of these cats like like I had um, Wesley Madison on here. Mm -hmm. I had her on here with um, with Jay, with Jared Jamal. And she made a good point where she was like, you know, like, I don't need to be the person that can do everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to just like Celine Dion this thing. I want to come in. Lay my, you know, lay my junk in, and like, I want to. She, she likes the the level of like collab with a dope engineer and with a dope producer and like iron sharpen iron in that sense. And so like, a lot of cats is like that, you know, like yeah. you, you like really in actuality, like not to like toot your horn, but like that's a rare commodity. For sure, for sure. Excuse my countryness, but that's rare yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to have someone that can do that at a high level, and then on the other side, like, hey. I can be in front of this thing too if you want. For like sure, for sure. that's rare. Like you up there, like rare. But like a lot of these cats, like or we could say this as well. They don't want to put the time in to do that. Do all that. They yeah. want to like and like in Wesley's stance, like I. That's a lot. So I want to. I want to be with somebody knowledgeable that knows how to do it, know what they're doing. Yeah, and yeah. so like you know, I wanted to give those guys their love, that shout out for people that's looking for that as well because it's like. You know, people people don't think that with Charlotte. They think like you know, like the talent. Like a lot of people are going to Atlanta to make these records, and like, bro, like these studios. We got household studios, like Grammy nominated, like yeah. like studios out here where bro. cast is doing their thing. Bro, it's a lot of great work being made in Charlotte. Yeah, it's a lot of great work, and like as far as me engineering and rapping and producing and all that, like I'm really just a nerd. Like mm. I obsess over like. I'm in the. I'm it's the your one. life for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in the studio all day, like just obsessing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Putting a lot of time into it. But um, but yeah, but shit, I can't do everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, I do like make my cover art and I do all this type of stuff too. Oh, so but, you can't do everything. No. <laughs> you added in two more things. Like I but, can't. Cover art. I, I did have the uh, my book release at Archive, but shit, I don't own Archive. You know oh, what I'm okay. I, I can't do this podcast. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, stuff I cannot do. Bro. Yeah, yeah, of course. See where I made the dream work. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean. Like, from, from where you're at, like, on an artist standpoint and a musical level like that, like, that is rare. There's usually someone. And that's, I mean, that's not for everybody. Like I say, like, some people are just a mat, like, 
Whitney Houston. Like, yeah. <laughs> she can just be Whitney Houston. Right, like, right, she right. don't need to learn that. Wesley Madison. She can just be Wesley. That's fine. Yeah, like, Wesley's if you want to learn that, if you want to be an Ariana Grande, that's like, yo, I want to learn how to mix. Like, I want to yeah. produce, like, show me how to do that. Not everybody, like you said, you got to be a nerd for that. Yeah. Like, you, you got to be a nerd. You got to be in the studio. So everybody don't want to do that. Some people just want to be songwriters, nah, man. Nah, nah. You know, so no, yeah. no love lost on people. But like when I see people that do that, even like for people like like I said, like Ariana or like a Cuddy that didn't start off like that, but then was like, man, I want to learn how to do this. Right, right. Like that takes a certain different level of thinking to where it's like you know, like that person really is a. It's like being a writer for like a TV show. Yeah. Like to be a writer, like Chris Rock says, you really got to be a nerd. Like you, re- and it's the same with like. If you want to learn like that, how to do it good anyway, yeah, yeah. you really got to be in there. You got to put the hours in. You do. You mm-hmm. do. That's for anything, though. Yeah. Anything. 10,000 hours, as I said. Yeah, you got to put in hours, 10,000, 20,000. <laughs> like, I be thinking about, like, um, bro, Quincy Jones ain't make Thriller till he was 40. You know what I'm saying? He was I be on, telling cats that all the time. Yeah, he was on his 50,000th hour, you know what I'm saying? And he made... Some shit, boy. That man, that man had like that man had worked with Sinatra and had a brain aneurysm by the time Thriller came back around, bro. I don't know if you've seen like <laughs> for real, like yeah, have, yeah. You, have you seen his documentary? Mm-hmm. Like it's a well put together documentary that his his children did, yeah. and he's in the midst of it. And it's like it's dope to like just see how far back his history was, bro. Like yeah. from working with like Ray Charles to just like you know seeing how he started and like like. Doing scores like I didn't know yeah. he did scores for films and stuff like that. To where all that he accomplished before Thriller, like you said, yeah. he didn't. He did that in his forties, but people remember him the most because like he was with the biggest artist on the planet. He right. he helped groom. Well, I ain't gonna say groom. Mike was Mike, um, but he helped like take yeah. the biggest. He helped take Mike to being the biggest artist in the planet for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. he definitely took Mike to the next level. Uh, off the wall or Thriller. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go off the wall. I'm gonna go off the wall. Me too. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go off the wall. Yeah, me too. I'm a big. I'm a big off the wall. As as much as a home run, and I know that's, yo, off the wall for yeah. me, bro. And I'm saying that because I I went back to listen to it because you know they're calling this most recent, um, Beyonce album. This is like her off the wall, in a sense. Like they're they're giving her like that kind of like vibe in a sense of like the the type of like vibe that she's yeah, having yeah, yeah. with it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Hmm. Beyonce last album was dope. Mm. You know what I'm saying? The house music. That shit is dope. Yeah. Drake. And the vibe of just like how off the wall how off the wall was. Yeah, yeah. I can like, see that. I can see mm. that. It's dance music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the bigger artists, they that's the vibe they on now. The Afro beats, the dance, the house music. You know what I'm saying? It reminds me of the seventies. Mm. Like when some real shit was going on. Yeah. So, so the music they was making was trying more happy, more trying to get people's, you know what I'm saying? Like Beyonce, like release your job, release your, <laughs> you know, she she trying to get you off of that shit. Like, yeah, it's it's tough times, man. I mean, like we we are blessed to like being like you know, you know, like you saying you're house hunting. It's a blessing to think about house hunting. Right. Some right. people wish they could think about that. Some people thinking about like, can I eat tonight? 
You know what I'm saying? And so it's like we are we are blessed in situations where we're able to do stuff like that. But like even in the midst of being blessed, like it's hard to ignore stuff that is going on in the world. And you're starting to see like where it's like, you know, I feel like I think that's why that Beyonce album was and the Drake album in a sense where it was like so um, refreshing in a sense for the world because it was just like it was a different. They were highlighting, which Drake does that a lot and doesn't get they call it like him. Jumping on like waves and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's debatable for me. I feel like he's highlighting that particular thing that may, you know, have been like not in mainstream yeah. in a sense. Like, I don't mind him getting on a, like doing a dance like record like how he did. You know, I don't I don't mind Beyonce jumping on that because yeah. I feel like it highlighted for me a genre that I love. You know what I'm saying? So I think Drake he a nerd too. Yeah, he, he be studying what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Like. When he first came out, like Room for Improvement, he was on his little brother shit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He was on his Fonte, Fonte type flow. Yeah. But that was because he probably was just on blogs, you know what I'm saying? Listening to artists and he probably really fucked with that sound. Mm-hmm. He, he probably do the same things today, like just look for new artists, new sounds. But since he Drake, when he do it, it's like, ah, uh, you know what I'm saying? He riding the wave. But shit, he, he a nerd for music like anybody else, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And then, and then, as a nerd, you want to, you know, it. It's not like when he's doing it. It's like it's subpar. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Like, like you say, it takes a nerd to put together a good quality project like that as well. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the same can go with Beyonce. You know, like I put Beyonce at this rate. Like, I ain't gonna like say she's better, but she's she's considered like a lot of people like females might. In a sense, like yeah. her background, how she was in a group first and then be exploded into like the solo fame. Like, you yeah. know, a lot of people put her in that in that realm of like female Mike, but ain't nobody as famous as Mike. Like I right, right. I seen like like I ain't see like Thriller Mike, which is probably a whole nother level. Like yeah. KB's like like my older brother's day, so he probably was like he probably seemed like jam dangerous Mike, like around yeah. that time, like that that was a whole different breed of Mike, bro. Mike was saying some shit before he passed. Mm. You ever see this? What he be talking about? Oh yeah, bro. Yeah. Mike was saying. Mike some was talking stuff. about stuff in them records. I mean, we can go back yeah, to yeah. you know even you know they don't really care about us. I mean, yeah, a lot yeah, of the yeah. stuff that's going on in today's realm um, on that that's just one aspect dealing with just like racial stuff. Like, but even yeah. toward the end of his life, he started exposing a lot of industry stuff. He did. to where, you know, a guy, he got him in a lot of high water. You know, it's it a lot of conspiracy. It's a lot of conspiracy theories with Mike. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the caliber of like how he died in a sense because right, of right. that, you know? Yeah. He like on like half a Sony catalog or something. They're like, like a master P on them cats. Like last <laughs> Right, right. You ever hear about the Master P deal? No, no. Like Master P, like he did, like he did, <laughs> he did like a big distribution deal with like Universal, where it was like stupid big, and then like he was just like, I'm out. Like <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, like it was like one of the biggest. Like they called it like because they never like did that before. They called it the Master P deal, mm. to where like Birdman ended up doing it, but like he kept doing it to where like they made sure to like put a clause in there where he couldn't kick out of it or something like mm. that. Like Master P pretty much took the bread and then like like bought himself out of the original deal type wow. stuff. That's like, fine. It was like it was like some crazy thing that he did with it. That's next so, level. Mm. I remember I, I heard something too, this kind of conspiracy level. Mm. It was some, I'm all about the conspiracies. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh 
I think like Jay Prince and maybe Master P. Wait, wait, wait. Cut the cameras on. Cut the cameras off, Beasy, baby. He talking about Prince. All right, this nigga dag on. Cut it. <laughs> nah, nah. I think it was in, in his book or something because he wrote a book. Yeah, I read it. Yeah, And yeah. I listened to it, the Respect book. Yeah. Yeah, but he was saying they was trying to come together to start a distribution company. Mm-hmm. It was like a black distribution company. Yeah. That's something real dope, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, him, Suge Knight, mm-hmm. um, him, Suge Knight. Um, I want to say Irv Gotti, who might have been a part oh, of it. Okay, okay. And it was somebody else. It was somebody else. Um, yeah. But it was it was like five well off black brothers that were like, mm-hmm. yo, we because they seen the pimping. Like, if you like, it's like everything, bro. You start going up the umbrella. You got all these mini companies, but, like, these parent companies are owning, like, 50 different companies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And Universal Music's like that. If you look at the umbrella of Universal right. Music, all the stuff that's underneath that umbrella, yeah, like, that's, you know, like, it's a reason why, like, Drake has, like, Lucius in, like, his bars. You yeah, know, like, yeah, the yeah. dude that's owner of, like, Universal, like, yo, that check looking stupid. Like, it's a reason right. why Kanye is always talking, like, people are, like, like Googling these people, like, who is this? Like, that's the president of, like, Universal Music Distribution. Right. Like, and so, like, it when you start getting to that and realize, like, dang, this one company owns all this, well, dang, Disney own all this, like, yeah, yeah like, this stuff started getting crazy. And so, like, they were like, yo, we're getting pimped. Cause I remember that, like I believe, I believe like that story because like it's it's been told on different occasions by different people, but the right. the end result has been the same on how on how the feds hit all of them differently in different kind of ways. Yeah, yeah. And so like when you you know that's that's the history of America, sadly. You know mm-hmm. that Black Wall Street, one of the, one of the first Black Wall Streets was in Durham. In Durham, it burned yep. that to the ground. You know what yep. I'm saying? Like if, if any kind of change. That's what they brought the big guns in for. That's what they brought, um, you know, Edgar Hoover in for. You know, like one of the most, like for me, one of the most criminal people in America history. Yeah, you yeah. know, that was over the FBI around the 60s. Like, look at all the people that was assassinated. Look at the stuff that was invented. Pro. Yeah. But you you uh, ever heard of Claude Anderson? Claude Anderson. That sounds familiar. Yeah, he's like a um, very revolutionary black man. You know, he wrote this book called Paranomics. It's about black economics. Mm. But he spoke on Durham, North Carolina, mm. and he said during the bus boycotts, they had came to Durham and they was like, yo, we boycotting these buses, these, you know, they not letting us sit on in the front. Mm. And Claude Anderson said, bro, we own the buses. What you talking about? We going to boycott our own buses? Like, we don't ride these white buses, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And they was like, well, you better find some white buses to, the, to boycott. And then that forced integration and they got rid of the black buses because all the black people started riding white buses mm. so they could just sit up front mm-hmm. but shit like that is messed up you know what i'm saying like yeah that's that like that white ice is 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 wetter or yeah but you know i think we can get to a point where black people all we got our own bus slots we got our own stuff our own grocery stores our own this mm. we really shopping with each other you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, you ever watch that Killer Mike show where he was like one of the episodes like he couldn't do he couldn't buy anything unless it was like black owned. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> for a whole yeah. day. He had a hard time too. Mm-hmm. He had a hard time. Yeah, like the beginning stages was decent, but then like as he starts spreading out, 
Yeah. Like, cause I think he was doing it while like trying to go on a tour. Like mm-hmm. his, his mission was to like, while going to meet like his partner for run the jewels, yeah. like to, uh, like go, like it had to be like sleeping at a black hotel, yeah, like yeah. going to a black bank, which that's, that's a little bit easier, but like going out in the outskirts and finding a black hotel that I think that was hard for him. And then like certain other things were hard for him to where like, it made him realize like, man, like it was a time we had like, we really did have black everything. And then, like, you know, like, a lot of stuff got shut down with, like, I think people got to a level of just, like, fear and never wanted to bring it back in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because why why bring it back when these people are probably going to destroy it again? Yeah. I think that's what people's mindset was. And is still sometimes in certain cases. You think so? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe that. I believe you get to a certain level. I believe believe people, um, I mean... We see that with what's going on now. I mean, perfect example with like the Kyrie situation, and just like yeah. only certain people are speaking out about that. You know, right, like right. it's really you know before before Farrah, especially before now, you get a couple more people after Farrakhan where Cass yeah. is like, all right, well Farrakhan said like it's all right now, but Farrakhan always gonna say something because Farrakhan's not being funded by those people, right, right, and Farrakhan got his own army. Yeah, he's had it for years. He's being funded by us. And so it's like when like Farrakhan has no fear holding mm-hmm. his tongue back. And so like when when you have somebody like that that finally speaks up, like they're like, all right, well, yeah, yeah, I kind of didn't like it either. Yeah. But it's like if it wasn't for that, like if it wasn't for actual a leader, like cats would have like they they still leaving yeah. them to dry. Man, with with that stuff, what I think happened like is like it's a lot of like black people, famous media people. Mm-hmm. That spoke bad about Kyrie. You know what I'm saying? They've been waiting for that demise. Yeah, they was like, bro, you got to apologize. Like, they've been speaking bad about him with the vaccine. But the recent thing, like, a lot of them, they were speaking bad on him. And a lot of black people didn't like that. They was like, damn, bro, how Shaq, how Charles Barkley, how all these people going to talk down on Kyrie? Yeah. So now, I think, like, the people who over these people, they was probably like, damn, bro. Black people starting to not like y'all no more. Y'all need, <laughs> y'all need to go out y'all there. Y'all losing points. Yeah, yeah. We, we can't even use y'all no more. Like, yeah. go out there and, and switch it up. So now you hear all of them like, oh, y'all going too far. Like, y'all want Kyrie to do this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think what it's really showing is the people that's for black people and the people that ain't for black people. And everybody get to see it. Everybody get to see, like, oh, damn. All right, this dude, he don't want to lose his check. Like, he mm-hmm. really got his money. You know what I'm saying? Okay, we probably shouldn't listen to what he got to say no more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, and everybody just exposing themselves. You know what I'm saying? But I, 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 you can't even blame people either. Because I looked at it like, because a lot of people are calling it buck breaking. They like, oh, these people getting buck broken. Mm. But I be looking at it like, damn, bro, you can't even blame the slave for getting buck broken. So mm-hmm. even these people that's talking down, it's like, but I know they just trying to keep their job. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I know they just yeah. trying to, they just in a fucked up position. Like, it comes back to fear. You know, it yeah, comes back yeah, to like what we just scared, talked about like, the umbrella. Like when you start looking at the umbrella and say, I say I'm so-and-so and I work for ESPN and, you know, you start looking at the umbrella of like, all right, now I could either, I can either, uh, Janae, uh, whatever homegirl's name is, who left ESPN years ago, like a Carrie Champion or like a Janae, like Hill. I'm probably saying her name wrong, but I could do that to where it's like, 
you know, I do my own thing, my own like podcast or something like that. Um, but if I'm going to want to work for one of these companies again, like this company owns this company that's owned by this guy, that's owned by this guy, you know, where it's going to get out, you know, like, you know, they look at it like that, you know, like if, if I'm not able to work for ABC, I ain't going to be able to work for ESPN. Right. And then ESPN is going to put the word out probably the daggone uh, Fox, where yeah. Fox is going to get the word out to NBC. Yeah. And so they're looking at it in a state of fear to where it's like, well, dang, like, because a lot of cats is like that, bro. When you go behind closed doors, like, when you start talking to, when these people are talking to people, like, they're just not exposing the people that's riding for them. Yeah, yeah, but they're yeah. riding for them behind closed doors because they're like, man, like I get what you're saying, bro. Like, but yeah. you know, like I'm at, like you said, I got this job. Like, like I don't know, like you know, I don't got a billion. Like, right. like yay, you know, I ain't, I ain't Kyrie where I'm already set. Some of these people, like they looking at it like that, where it's like, man, I'm, I'm still trying to like do this, but it's like, yeah. but it all go back to black economics. The only reason they in that position is because the business that they work for is not owned by a black person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff they say or how they act or how they naturally are, black people understand it. Yeah. So if they say something, they're not gonna be like, bro, you can't work for us no more. Like they're gonna be like, bro, I think the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so it just we gotta just start owning more businesses, bro. Like yeah. so our people ain't even in this position where they gotta shuck and job. Yeah, know? man. Yeah, because even if you look at the like the the businesses that's for people that's trying to do stuff independent, say I do like do like a carry champion, it's like, man, forget you, I'll just do my own podcast on YouTube. Right, right. Who's who's YouTube owned by? And so it's like that's why like you say you need to take it to even you have to get your own website. Shout out to like, you know, busy like music music militia and like what he does. You know, like not even just like for um in the sense of like Highlighting certain highlighting artists and giving artists their just do and like to just pay, but like in situations like that, you know, where where like an artist can, I know like this this site is for me, right. and they're not ran by a individual where they got to answer to another individual. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Right, right. Because a lot of the cases, like when you start looking at who's running these companies, it's not us. It's not us that's running these major companies. And no. So, like you said, who are they answering to? Yeah. yeah. That's why, like, anytime I, like, drop a project or I drop a book or I drop anything, I try to send people to my website. Because, mm. shit, Instagram could disappear one day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Twitter could go away, like, but I, but you got to have something that you can, that's yours, that your people go to. He said that about, he said that about my, because um, I used to delete um, my videos. I used to delete mm. my videos. What yeah. on YouTube? No, no, like period. Like oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. put them on YouTube and then delete them. Mm. And he was like, "Bro, like he made a good point, kind of like what you just said." He was like, "You know, like what if YouTube like doesn't exist anymore? Like what if they just like how are you gonna save your stuff? Like how how are you gonna still have the memory of your stuff? Like to to start that site or like you put all your stuff on YouTube? You know? Right. right. I thought about that. I was like, yeah, like dang, like." If I <laughs> if I got banned from YouTube, like it's a wrap. Like in the sense of like yeah. I would build myself back up, but at the same time, like he made me think about like, dang, I do rely too much. Maybe I should have my own site. Maybe I should yeah. do this. Maybe I should do that. Because like you gotta look, we're talking ownership here in the long run, you know. Some of these companies like 
it's good to have partnerships, but then like, what if like we're seeing a perfect example of like one of the partnerships go haywire? Because yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a transparent podcaster. I'm not the type of dude where it's like, of course, I would love the Spotify deals, but like, I may lose that if I have a certain guest on there, or you know, look at the Nori situation. You know, he had yeah. to go on an apology tour for that. Right, you know what right, I'm right. Like, right. what if I don't want to apologize? Because I'm because I'm like that man's freedom of speech, bro. Like at the at the end of the day, you may not like what he had to hear, yeah, but what's yeah. the difference between him and and that's what and that's why like I get like certain certain things you don't have to agree with everything Ye's saying. It's it's certain things in that interview I didn't agree with, but at the same time, like that's the whole thing of having these discussions for. Like I was telling my niece, like I was like, man, I remember a time, bro, where it was like when I was growing up, and she they quieted her down and deemed her anti-Semitic. Where Oprah back in the day. Like Oprah would have clans members, oh, yeah, Black yeah, Panther yeah. members, right. and going Jesus disciples, going everybody on the same thing, and like you know Jay Springer, they start scrapping sooner or later. Right, right, but right. So, even with Oprah, sometimes like they got into some heated discussions yeah. to where like it got to a point where like cats would be like, "Hold up now!" Like, but this was like open discussions, and you learn so much. Like, yeah. like white America learns so much. Because right, right. like she would have audience members asking these questions to these people, mm-hmm. asking these questions to these Black Panther leaders, asking these questions to these Klan people to like, why do you think like that? What what is wrong with? And they would explain it. And it's like it would give them a different perspective. And I feel like when you take stuff like that away, then how are these people learning? You know yeah. how are they learning? And so like I, I I feel like even if he's saying certain things, that man should still have a freedom of speech. Like I don't think he he should be getting all this stuff taken away from him for that. You know? Facts, fact. Man, I think it's a it's a way to do it. It's a way I to agree. to, you know, have a relationship with big corporations but still do what you do. Mm-hmm. Like somebody who I think did it good is like Dave Chappelle. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He they offered him a big check, like fifty M's for something he didn't even create yet. So he knew like, ah, this might be a tricky situation because I didn't even create this stuff. They probably gonna put certain type of stipulations on. This money. So he did what he did. But when he came back, he built his clientele. He started to do shows. He started to shit, just really build a strong fan base. You know what I'm saying? To the point where he created a show and then he sold it to Netflix for the mm-hmm. same amount of money, which is a big corporation. Like, yeah. And even with Dave Chappelle, like when he had his issues with him, he called out Comedy Central directly. Yeah. And then he boycotted himself. Like, yeah. He's smart. You know what I'm saying? He's like, all right, this is how I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. But, like, with like, even his podcast, bro, he got a podcast, but you have to pay to listen to it. Because mm-hmm. when big companies have interest in you, they can control. I think they do it purposely, like um, with Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Like, Joe Rogan be having some people on. You ever watch his? <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro, he be having some radical people. Yeah, he do. And then Spotify bought it, right? And after he, you know, they came out with something publicly about him that was negative, mm-hmm. and then they took a thousand of his podcasts off. Yeah, mm-hmm. what was in them podcasts? You know what I'm saying? It was probably some information. It was probably something that they won't hidden. So they just put something out in the media. Just so they can make their move. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, But it's just a delicate balance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think like 
It's like Dave Chappelle said, though, if somebody offering you a check or money that you like, this is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. What are the stipulations? Yeah, for this? yeah. What is coming with this? Mm-hmm. You gotta, you know, move wisely, cause it's like you said, bro. A lot, most of the people handing out them big checks, they ain't black. Yeah. Or if it is a black person, it's somebody above him that is making the move through the black person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You are absolutely right, bro. You are absolutely right on that end for sure. And that going like when it when it comes to that, and then I wanna I wanna talk more in a sense because this has been a great discussion of just like touching all different angles and, and different scales and um you know i want to really give time to give you your credit for that project as well i know that's very left field from where we were talking about yeah, 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 yeah. but i want to end this on a note of just the discussion of just like you being the overall artist how you are dealing with the ownership that you you know you got your you got your stuff on now colorful noise yeah, yeah. Going like you you've pieced everything together perfectly you know um, from like having like you know colorful noise to like presenting everything having the book you know like with the music you know you're you're looking like you're in the direction of like a well oil machine like you thought like was was this the plan all along even back then in a sense of just like Cause you're coming off like a renaissance man in the yeah, sense yeah, of like, yeah. I want to touch these different angles, but not yet. I want to build, you know, build the foundation up. Right. And now it just seems like everything, the foundation is being up right where you like, you're exposing your hand of all the stuff you've been working on. Yeah, it's yeah. been beautiful to see. Appreciate it, man. On a real, like I don't really plan nothing. I just mm-hmm. do what I like. You know what I'm saying? This is stuff I really enjoy. And, um, a lot a lot with creation like i'm very spiritual like mm. i have a good relationship with god you know what i'm saying so mm. a lot of my creative ideas i feel like they just come to me it's not something that's like i'm like all right i'm about to plan this i'm about to do this do that it's like with my book bro i just enjoy taking film pictures you know what i'm saying and i took film pictures for five years yeah and i'm like oh shit bro i can put this together and tell a story you know what i'm saying it's, same with my music, like, I really take time with a lot of my music because it's, I'm living through it, you know what I'm saying, like, but I, I didn't drop music for like three, four years, but I always made music. Um, How long did it take you to piece this this most recent project together? Uh, the most recent project, I actually, in 2020 and 2019, I dropped like, 10 songs and a, a song a week of video. Yeah, you were singling it up. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was just dropping a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. With my most recent project, what I did is I went back to all of that old music that I dropped, remixed it, remastered it with everything I learned. Mm-hmm. Working at Titan Studios, they have a lot of analog gear there. They got an SSL board with a tube tech. So I just took all of that music and just remixed it through analog hardware and put it together as a cohesive project as opposed to singles and mm. just presented it like that. Mm. But I have a project that I'm about to drop and it's the music that I've been working on during the process of remixing all of that mm. in the past two years. Mm. And it's like, it's really dope. Like, 
really dope uh, project. I can only imagine. Dang, I wasn't yeah. expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's yeah. up. I didn't know you. I mean, I know you're always working, but I didn't know you were like in the in the mindset of like I'm gonna put I'm about to put something else out on you guys. Like, yeah, I That's just that dropped. soon because like that was still like it was still this year. One of the yeah. most recent project. What was that earlier this year? Yeah, that was like February, yeah. January, February. I just dropped a collab project with Vintage, mm. and um, but the most recent project that I'm about to drop, like really soon, is my last project. I produced everything, mixed and mastered everything. Mm. I just was really hands on. With this one, is I'm working with other producers, Jared Jamal. You know what I'm saying? Miles Harris, like mm. Max Fuego, and just taking the homies' ear for it. Just being like shit. What you think about this song? You like this song and just really letting the people around me put together something that I think shit the whole city would enjoy, as opposed to me being on my introvert Dr. Dre. I'm in the yeah. studio, you know what I'm saying? But so. still, it like you're around guys to where, and and I think that 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 project was dope in the sense of like you gave people that sound in a sense of like for when you have these projects. Like you sure you showed a lot of different type of versatility, and then having that sound at the same time, if that makes sense, to where when you working with these different producers, you know, if I'm a producer and I hear that first project you put out in February, that makes me be like, let me, I think I got something for him, you know, for in sure. a sense of just like, you know what, bro, like I think I think you would like this. Like, how would you feel vibing on something like this? And so, I I think that's dope that not only just showing cats like, yo, I can walk in, chew gum. But at the same time, it caters for down the line to when you do have these collabs like you're having now. For sure. Like where people think of you in certain regard. And so, for yeah, sure. I think it's dope. You know, I'm, I'm excited. I didn't even know that you were um, pushing something out like something like yeah. that. Yeah, I, I usually just be working, you know what I'm saying? Let the homies hear it. I don't really, I don't really like announcing like, yo, I'm about to drop this, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because me, like I hate when somebody be like, this shit dropping Friday, I'll be like, damn, bro, I just want to listen to it. Like, yeah. you just drop it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. You're not fucking Drake, nigga. <laughs> That's how I look at myself. Like, yeah, yeah. Bro, nobody checking for that shit. Just drop that shit. Mm -hmm. And the people that like it, they going to listen to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, you ain't Drake, bro, but you got people listening to it, man. You definitely yeah, yeah. got my attention ever since that going. I heard the project in February and previously with just your 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 singles and stuff like that. And so, like, even if you ain't there yet, I mean, yeah, you yeah. still getting attention to people that's, like, got good ears and got, you know, good taste in music. For sure. And so that's that's always dope to get, the, like, the hometown, get the city um, around you, like, people that's really doing stuff as well, you know. And so... Oh, are you from here? Before before I ask yeah, you, yeah, like yeah. I know you went to school here. Like you're you're born, born and raised, raised here. Born and raised. Okay. Uh, CMC Presbyterian. 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 Okay. That's what's yeah. up. But um, when I was in elementary, though, I did move to Atlanta for like three years with the elementary out there too. I did too. That's crazy. <laughs> I went to um, King Springs Elementary out there. King Springs. It's out there in like Marietta area. Mm. Like not. I yeah. want to say that's like Cobb County, maybe. I can. Mm -hmm. I went to Redan Elementary. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was That's on the east side. Mm -hmm. where the blackest school. My fucking teacher had a grill. Like, mm. we had freestyle Fridays. <laughs> like, she was black as hell. Bro. That's what's up, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. full circle. It needs to be a full circle moment for me because I haven't really. I went a little. It Atlanta 
as beautiful as I love that city, like when I went back as an adult, like the times I went back, like it just had bad taste in my mouth. Like I either got tickets there, mm. I got bribed there. Mm. Like my uncle had died a time I went there. Mm. Like it was just like, so I haven't gone to Atlanta in over like a decade because of like the last time, the last time I went there, like, like he didn't die there, but I got the news that he had passed yeah. there. And I was like, man, like every time, man, I was bro, like, I was something like, similar to me happened too. In Atlanta? In Atlanta, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, when I, before I moved to Atlanta as a rapper, as an artist, I had a manager and it was my cousin. Mm-hmm. He used to just manage me, you know what I'm saying? But the first day I moved to Atlanta and went to audio engineering school, I got a call that he got killed. Mm-hmm. Like, the first day. Like, mm-hmm. but that's crazy. It happened to you too. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, Atlanta it is, bro, it's like a, it's kind of like New York, you know what I'm saying? It's people might go to New York and they might be like, man, these people rude as fuck, bro. It's mm. take forever to get across the city, da 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 Oh, that traffic's brutal. Yeah, like, but it's people who there who grow accustomed to it, you yeah. know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. when you from Charlotte, bro, you ain't used to that shit. It's mm-hmm. like, bro, people here are nice, you know what I'm saying? They mind their business or it just, they feel like home, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's really like it's it's a bigger Charlotte. Once if you start going there, like even towards like I said, the last time that I went there, all that stuff happened. But I was going; it was a time like that time over a decade ago. I was going there like every weekend, yeah, and yeah. so it was like you get accustomed to it. Like when you start like dealing with people there, like you know, like four eighty five is like they're two eighty five, and mm-hmm. so it's like you when you start knowing that where you're around and your surroundings, like you kind of weave through that traffic and then like mm-hmm. some stuff is just inevitable that you got to deal with sometimes like 45 around 5 o'clock or something like that. Yeah, nah, that traffic. Some stuff you just got to deal with but for the o- overall like you get used to it as well and like I got more good than bad when it comes to it because I had a lot of good times there but then like like I said that last one just man yeah. it left a bad taste in my mouth but shout out to Atlanta man because like it's, it's so many dope people that sure. moved there that I know that's still there, that's from there. You know, previous dude I had on here, Tony, Tony the Great. You know, he's from here, yeah. but he's, he's based in Atlanta. And so, like, definitely that's on my – I'm going to give y'all a chance again. All right, <laughs> like, for sure, man. Cause Bro, nothing like Charlotte. Bro. Yeah, and ain't nothing like that 704 now. I'm glad I, we yeah, just yeah. beat y'all Thursday night. I'm, I'm glad we beat y'all now. But, you know, it's it's like a brotherly. I tell people it's like a, it's like a sibling robbery with Atlanta, you know. It's always love, but it's like you always want to beat your brother in basketball and yeah. type stuff. It's, it's kind of like how Chicago, New York, Twin Cities, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Charlotte, Atlanta has got a similar yeah, relationship. Chi-Town, Detroit, you know, like mm-hmm. they, they, they have that like – well, yeah, you're right. Chicago, Chicago and New York more because Chicago and Detroit is so close. Like yeah. I don't really – I don't really ha- – they probably do got tension, but Chicago like and not, yeah, but yeah. not like the yeah. I know competitive like, of like how Chicago people are with like New York people, like yeah. comparing like a, like our city's better and cleaner and like our pizza's right, right. better, like you know what I'm saying, like <laughs> everything, you know what I'm saying. But the only thing about here, like shit, it's 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 more low key. If you Chicago, wanna, Charlotte, Charlotte. Oh, okay, <laughs> compared to Atlanta. If you yeah. want to get into something, you kind of got to know where to go. You you know what I'm saying? If you got to know the restaurants, the good places, it's, it's a little bit more laid back. You know mm-hmm. what I'm yeah. As opposed to Atlanta, like everything fresh street. Like, yeah, that's 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 true. And I get that a lot from people that's not from here to be like, man, like, you know, especially like when I used to like do lift and like get picked up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Like it would always be someone that 
was not from here, that would be my driver. He'd be like, yeah, man, I really don't like it, man. Like, like, yeah, man, it's not never nothing to do. Like, stuff like that. I was like, I'm being here. And then every time I tell them I'm born and raised here, they'll be like, I'm like an albino kid to them. Right. They'll just be like, yo, what? No, like, know, oh, my gosh. Like, you know what's so crazy about that? Everybody I know from Charlotte. So I, mean, <laughs> I tell them that. The same yeah. thing. I'll be like, yo, everybody, I went to school. I, yeah. All these people I'm talking to, born and raised here, been here for years. It's just like. Nigga, where your ass be at? Mm-hmm, yeah, but it's the same thing. I would tell them that when it comes to like stuff to do. It'd be like, you know what? Like You really like, it's just knowing where to go. Yeah, and to tell you like, cause once you realize like, like you say, it's not like Front Street where it's like, or like a New Yorker in Atlanta, and like an Atlanta, but in the it's stuff to do here in the city. You just gotta yeah, yeah, yeah. know where to go and and finding that stuff. Like you said, it's still that low key type of vibe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love it, man. I love it. You know, I like the growth of it. It's bittersweet in certain things when it comes to like price value of things and you know gentrification, but. You know, I love it musically. Like, how, how how do you like it musically? Like being somewhere that's seen the progress of it, and we can we can kind of finish off with this. Just like being someone like myself, you born and raised here, press me, baby, like myself. Um, how have you liked, you know, the progress? I always ask someone before closing out. Like, how have you liked the progress of of Charlotte? And then, what's some things that you feel like the city can work on as a whole when it comes to not just maybe the artists, but maybe like the whole industry as a whole? When like we're talking like podcasts um you know venues like what is something that we can unify more in what is what is atlanta doing that we we still have to y'all just right there y'all gotta figure that out man i really like the music in the city that's why i moved back i was like man it's nothing talent wise that atlanta has that charlotte doesn't have i agree and Mm -hmm. ever since the baby like a lot of it's been way more rappers going way harder you know what i'm saying because i worked in studios in charlotte when the baby was baby jesus and everybody mm-hmm. coming up and it, it was a lot of artists you know what i'm saying but now it's like shit bro it's multiple engineers that survive off of recording artists like yeah you know it's an industry here mm-hmm. so it's growing but you know the only thing that charlotte really need is you know, more people to go really hard and be really good at what they do. Mm. And, uh, you know, eventually it's going to be bigger outlets, bigger labels, because that's what Atlanta got, like, that we might not have yet, is people that will sign an artist for $100,000. So now they got a label money so they can block the studio time and also go to the club and throw the DJ some money in. Mm-hmm. Just create a whole music economy, you know what I'm saying? Have podcasts that can get sponsored by Red Bull to do a live event. Like, Mm -hmm. Charlotte's a growing city, and it's eventually going to get there, but it's just time, you know what I'm saying? I think just everybody who's in the music industry now, I think they should just go hard and leave a stamp because in the next 10 years, it's going to be as big as Atlanta or New York. Mm -hmm. But if you didn't make your stamp, it might be somebody who from Pittsburgh who randomly came out here and did their own podcast and started interviewing everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I think everybody just really should go hard at what they're doing, create a brand, create something that stick, and eventually it's just going to grow like everything else. You know what I'm saying? Like right. every other business here. All right. All right. Well said, man. Well said. More to the story, put your head down, work. You know? Yeah, man. Get in that tunnel vision, bro. That's what I be telling people. Not looking at that. that used to be my Achilles heel. Sometimes you look 
Because, you know, social media is a gift and a curse. You know, sometimes you look to the left, look to the right, be like, dang, man, like, what am I doing? I need to do it. Like, just put your head down and work, man. Just put your stay consistent. Like, like I tell people, again, when I talk about an Achilles heel, for the longest, my my Achilles heel was, you know, sometimes even with music, I think about that. But it'll be a full, it's a full circle moment because I'd be like, well, dang, my Achilles heel was consistency. And so, like, that's why I took this so serious in the sense of when I did it before. Like, I I started this around pandemic time, and was like, you know, like everything. I feel like I'm I'm good at what I do, but I have to be consistent. And yeah. once I'm consistent, I'll be great at what I do. Right, you right. know, it goes back to the ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand hours we're talking about. Yeah. And so it's like when it comes down to it, you know, have the motivation to like look at how far you come. Look and see what people are doing, but then get back to work, you know, stay consistent and like, you know, you know, put the work in. I, I, I'm i a true believer of just like just in just the little goals that I've had for like city stuff of like what's been accomplished since I've done video with this for like the past two years. It's just like it comes from just like a good heart. Networking and being consistent, you know, and so like I feel like and putting the work in. You know, like I'm a true believer. If like if I put the work in, like God will meet me halfway and putting sure. the work in. And sure. so you know that's what I tell people a lot. Just what you said. Just like just go harder, bro. You know. Yeah. And I bro, get I get motivated seeing stuff like this, like you, like being able to do all this, like just drop the book. Like tell us tell us briefly, and then we I'm, I'm gonna let you go. Like right. just just give us, um, you know what? How did you come up with the name Colorful Noise for starters? Yeah. And, um, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Um, the name Colorful Noise, originally my brand was called IC Sounds. Mm. And uh, I had went to L.A. and learned from Ali. And his company is called Scene Sounds. Mm. And I was like, damn, man, I, I respect Ali so much. Like, I got, I can't be IC Sounds. And he said, like, come yeah, on, yeah, both yeah. engineers. So I was like, how can I say that but not say that? You yeah. know, like Colorful Noise. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like. It's noise, but it's colorful. It's a visual sound. Yeah. And that can you just, see sounds? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, bro, I see when I hear music. I have, like, I see whole movies in my head. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But, um, but that colorful noise it works with a lot of stuff. Like, um, all of my sessions and events and music videos and everything that I've been doing along my journey. You know, I captured a moment with like film photography. Um, originally I just used it as marketing like I would do a session with an artist take a film picture and you know post it on my Instagram like yo you know this is something we was working on but I put it together in the book um, told stories with it and um, you know I work with a lot of Charlotte artists and on some of those pages I add QR codes Mm. scan the QR code listen to the records we were making in the picture and, you know, just read about my story and, you know, really it encapsulates a lot of Charlotte artists, too. It's, it's mm. a good place if you like, damn, bro, who are the Charlotte artists? Who are these rappers? It's a place like your podcast you can go to and just, oh, okay, this person, Austin, Mavi. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? And get a sense of Charlotte culture. Word. Word. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. You're making colorful noise out here. <laughs> for real. You're really doing that thing, man. I'm, it's, it's beautiful to see. You know, I'm rooting for the hometown people 
extra hard, man. And so, like, sure. knowing that you're from here, man, and, and the stuff that you're doing and, and the work that you put in, you know, I wish you nothing but success, bro. Keep doing your thing. Appreciate Hopefully it, I can have you back on here because I like to talk to you a lot more just on stuff outside of just, like, you know, I wanted this to be a comfortable setting, just really getting to know you and, like, talking about, you know, you watch it and so, you know, yeah. I, I try to not – Overdo stuff in a sense I want it to be comfortable But like Yeah sure. I want to talk to you About some other stuff man So definitely We need to um, You know Have another podcast episode On your art You know I got your number now So we talk outside yeah. of that too Most definitely man Most definitely mm-hmm. Appreciate you bro This is dope bro Like You really Doing your thing with this man Just mm-hmm. keep going Like Like You got a good position Because you're Networking with Everybody You know what I'm saying You do the podcast But You also are building A lot of Good relationships, you know what I'm saying? That's key. That's key, you know? In situations when, you know, like when stuff hit the fan, those relationships, you know, like the money can go, you know? People, you know, people be fickle, but the people that really remember you for who being a stand-up cat, you know, um, I feel like my word is all I got at the end of the day. You know, this other stuff, podcast stuff, you know, like stuff. It can leave, man. It can leave. You know, I want to be like, you know, when like cats like when takeoff passed away, they like you know cats like, bro, like takeoff, yeah. like <laughs> yeah, everybody had the same thing. Like, bro, he's most chillest dude, man. Right, like, right. Going like energy was like the glue to the Migos. You start seeing like, and it's sad, of course. Like I, I had mad love for takeoff in the sense of like I knew what some of my favorite verses on Migos songs came from takeoff, so I knew yeah. takeoffs but of what he was. Um, but it just go, it it just showed me how, as always, you know, when somebody passes away, like they get their flowers a little bit too late. Yeah. And he was just really getting in that mode of like people really being like, kind of like how Offset had that moment, mm-hmm. you know, because oh, they're all great at what they do. Yeah. And I think Offset had that moment first to where like people were like, wait, wait, wait who's this guy? Like, yeah. you know, because people thought it was going to be Quavo in the sense of like to being the first to branch off. Mm-hmm. And then like Offset really like had verses. To where people was like, no, like that might be the one. But then, like, as as they start separating and do certain things, like you know, Takeoff comes out with his own solo project, to where he's like, oh well, Takeoff, like yeah, now Takeoff, yeah, like he take off, yeah. So it's like, (laughs) I really, I really hate that situation happened. But it was, I feel like it was an eye opener for people that it needed to be open for. You know, so many people, so many souls came to that that memorial where I feel like they needed to hear that. Yeah. On certain things, you know, like who knows where their life was at, and and that's usually that's usually how it's done, man. Like, gotta take the cat, the coolest cat, you know, mm-hmm. like the, not about no drama, daggone, you know, out the way, yeah, yeah, you know, good memories of, of stuff, and then like you know he'll do that sometimes. I feel like, or he'll allow that, you know. I think it's the other side to everything, you know. I, I think that's one of the biggest tricks of the enemy is making people think he don't exist. But um, with that, God will allow certain things to happen for the, he sees the bigger goal of it. He sees the overall, we don't know how many people converted to him at that memorial. We don't know how, how Quavo's mindset will change because of this. You know what I'm saying? We don't know where his heart, his heart could have been stone. You know what I'm saying? And then you lose your nephew like that, that, that can turn you into like a whole different perspective of things to like. And so some, sometimes God will allow certain things because he looks at the bigger goal for the, uh, for like, that one person leaves, but then like his leaving may save fifteen hundred souls. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So everything happened for a reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's unfortunate, man. But like, yeah. R.I.P. R. to cast. But and, and it made me just it remind me of just like 
not taking life for granted, you know, you know, cause I'm a, I'm, I'm a dude that pride myself of not being in the way, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like I'm that type of like, when I hear people talking about it, just be like, dang, like I, I'm the dude trying to stay out the way. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. like I'm the dude that's, I'm very observant, always been observant, you know, unless you get to know me, like I'm a dude that's like, then I'll start talking to you, but I'm very observant, I'm very out the way, try to like be antennas up. Yeah. But yeah, I just, yeah, it just, it just goes to show you when it could, your time can be just like that, bro. It can, but yeah. RP take. I got that thing on me though for y'all. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> it definitely made me legalize my stuff. I t- that's just discussion for another time though. Like, yeah. go ahead and uh, give people your 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 socials, man. Ways to get in contact with you, man. Yeah, for sure. Shit, you can. Um, I got a website, colorfulnoise.net. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow me on IG at nxgxl, and um. Yeah, that's I really be on IG. I don't really I be on Twitter sometimes. Mm. My Twitter is NXXXL. But um but yeah, man, colorful noise. Colorful noise. Word. Nigel, man, I appreciate you coming on here, bro. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate Great. you, bro. Hey man. This is as of late. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening to As of Late Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to As of Late Podcast on both of those. You can also listen to As of Late Podcast on Anchor.fm and Google Podcasts.